This is the Workday Red Zone on the ticket, 95.3 and 9.70 a.m. K-N-E-A. Here's your host, Kara Ritchie. Hey, friends. Happy game day. How y'all feeling? Beautiful day in Northeast Arkansas. I hope you were just full of optimism and sunshine pumping. Or maybe realism, just whatever floats your boat. We're going to be here regardless anyways. Over the course of the next two hours, it is the Workday Red Zone. We appreciate you tuning in here with us on the ticket. K-N-E-A, 9.78 N, along with 95.3, 96.9-1041-KBRI. We're streaming online at 953theticket.com. And in addition to that, you can take us with you on the go. Download... The TuneIn app, search for KDA, and you'll be all set. If you want to shout at us, it's easy. Call us, 9303776. Since it is a, a game day, we've got a lot of opportunities for open phone lines tonight. Uh, today, since we want to know how you think this one is going to shake out tonight, of course, you can continue to reach out to us on social media as well, facebook.com slash 953theticket, or on Twitter at Kara underscore Richie, or by using the hashtag WDRZ. I don't even know these words that are coming out of my mouth anymore. I just say them every day on autopilot and hope for the best. I'm Kara Ritchie. I'm joined in studio for hour number one by uh, by Keith Merritt is here hanging out with us. Good afternoon. Of course, uh, producer Kate Carlton is here as well. Good afternoon. And uh, yeah, we got a game day. That's uh, that's pretty much it. So we got a lot of things to talk about today. I'm going to tell you how the show is going to go today. We're going to have a football segment. We're going to have a baseball segment. And then we're going to re- rinse and b- repeat for about two <laughs> hours with some phone calls and some audio sprinkled in there. And uh, and that's the general game plan. I hope that's cool with everybody. Uh, but obviously... If it's not, it's what you're getting I anyway. Mean, yeah. You'll take it and like it. It's, it's <laughs> too late to change the slate. It's too late to book a guest. Uh, so this is what we're rolling with today. Obviously, uh, it is game day, A-State football, uh, welcoming in 15th-ranked Coastal Carolina. It's... The Red Wolves' first midweek contest of the season. So, A-State looking to get back in the win column after a four-game losing skid while the Chanticleers are looking for their first win in Jonesboro after going 0-2 their previous two contests at Centennial Bank Stadium. So, your kickoff tonight is at 6.30. Your pregame coverage starts at 4.30. And that is on 107.9. K-Fine, shameless self-promotion. Don't forget to stick around after the game. We're going to have post... Uh, we're going to have... Uh, Post-game coverage on Wolf Howls, which is your chance to sound off on the game. Good, bad, or ugly. We'll be there for you. It'll be like a nice group therapy session following the game. Meanwhile, the uh, season is over. Speaking of group therapy for the St. Louis Cardinals after they lost 3-1 to last night to the L.A. Dodgers. Cardinals had their chances. Several scoring opportunities throughout the game, but went 0-1, or 0-11, excuse me, with runners in scoring position. Ultimately lost on a walk-off home run by Chris Taylor. Elsewhere in baseball, uh, best of five AL championship series get underway tonight. Chicago White Sox played at the Astros in the early game. That's at 3.07 AL East foes 
Boston and Tampa Bay square off tonight at 7.07. Again, football, baseball, football, baseball is how we're going to rotate this out today. Yeah, they, they're playing the White Sox-Astros game early so that Tony La Russa and Dusty Baker can get to bed early. <laughs> That's are uh, taking care of the geriatric manager. That's a good plan. You don't need any video of anybody snoozing there in the dugout. Mm-hmm. I mean, Do you really think either one of those two would ever snooze in the dugout? Honestly, no. Pass out, maybe, but not, not sleep. <laughs> not nap. Not nap. Uh, our question of the day is one that you're fairly accustomed to. Normally, we ask you this on a Friday ahead of a Saturday game, but since this is a Saturday on a Thursday and Friday will be about recapping instead of previewing, then it's a game day eve question on a game day. What happens in tonight's Arkansas State game against Coastal Carolina? Of course, on Twitter, you have three options, and on the phones, you can elaborate. But uh, our options for you on Twitter, of course, you can pick A-State to win. You can pick Coastal Carolina to win. Or you can pick Coastal to win and cover. And most recently looking at Vegas Insider, they were favored by 20, but we don't like the potential ever for a push. So we're going we're going 19 and a half for our question. It might be 20 if you put money on it, but it's 19 and a half for our Twitter poll. For so, Twitter poll. That's what we're going with. So we'll look at some of the history of some of these A-State uh, lines coming up later on in the program. But win, lose, uh, lose by a lot are pretty much the three options tonight. Like, it's not a completely foreign feeling as an A-State fan to go into a game or do a game preview where you kind of feel like you might get your butt kicked. But it does feel weird to have that feeling ahead of a home conference game. Because that's a little bit of of uncharted territory. Uh, At least for people who have either started or really kind of reinvested in this program in the 2010s and beyond. Might not have been a feeling for, it, I mean, that was, a, that was a normal feeling in the 90s. You just showed up any time and expected a, a butt kicking. But it's the a little 90s bit... The not a good decade. <laughs> it's a little bit of a foreign feeling, feeling in this past decade. Newer fans, newer alums, or, you know, people who kind of mailed it in in the 90s and got reinvested over the past decade. It's, it's, a, it's a different feeling and not one that that is welcome. Coastal Carolina has had an, an easy schedule, but all you can do is face the teams ahead of you, and they kick their butts. In a normal year, you'd be sitting here and saying, oh, well, there's absolutely no way that Arkansas State is going to go out there and just get annihilated like UMass. But UMass allows 50 yards less per game than Arkansas State does, and only two points per game more. Unfortunately, this is now the reality that A-State is in, is these are the teams you're trying to be better than. You're not trying to be better than App State and the Raging Cajuns this season. You're trying to be better than UMass and ULM this season. It is a bitter pill to swallow, <laughs> but this is... A journey uh, of a thousand miles begins with a single step. That it does. This is... Uh, this game is one that will be an uphill battle for A-State, and in the words of a previous guy we used to know, it potentially a tremendous challenge. I went back and looked at the box score from, from this game last year, which uh, was one that was it was not an enjoyable game to watch, in case you had forgotten 
uh, Coastal Carolina won 52-23 to at Brooks Stadium in Conway, South Carolina. And flashing back to last year, this was kind of that first Houston, we have a, a big problem in 2020. Yeah, sure, there was that awful game against Georgia State in 2019 with the offense, or excuse me, the defense gave up 722 yards, but you just thought maybe it was an anomaly, maybe it was a blip on the radar, maybe there were things that could be fixed. When this happened again in 2020 and you gave up 52 points to Coastal Carolina, it was an oblique moment. And unfortunately, in terms of the defense, those oblique moments have continued until present day, continued until going into this weekend. Uh, Not to be completely doom and gloom over the course of the next two hours, but, you know, it was a tough one last year. Um, It is almost the exact same personnel that Coastal Carolina is going to be trotting out there for 2021. So many of their incredibly key pieces, including a massive bulk of their defense in terms of stats and size, (laughs) all comes back and is going to be in action tonight at Centennial Bank Stadium. At least uh, if you want a glimmer of optimism here, this is a little bit of a foreign feeling for Coastal Carolina in terms of playing in a midweek. Uh, They haven't done this because they haven't really had a lot of success. And then in addition to that, they haven't played well in in Jonesboro. They're 0-2 here. Uh, but uh, this is a better team than has rolled into Jonesboro in, you know, previous years. Uh, this is a better team that was that was in Jonesboro in 2019, and A-State only beat that team by, by one point. So uh, the challenge is going to be a lot. I take that tonight right now. Yeah, <laughs> a 28-27 final. I'll take a 28-27 final right now. But, uh, but either way, it's, um, it's going to kick off. It's going to be a game, 6.30 tonight at Centennial Bank Stadium. We'll have more on this one. A couple of comments to throw at you from Butch Jones. A couple of comments to throw at you from Jamie Chadwell. But, of course, this is just one of the two biggest stories locally. Last night, we also, a lot of us sat around and watched a baseball game that had just a brutal, a brutal ending. If you cheer for the birds on the bat, and we'll come back and we'll dive into it. Playoff games have brutal endings. They always do. It doesn't matter which team you're rooting for or if you're not rooting for either team. Doesn't wild help. Card, wild card games have brutal endings. Let's hit pause. <laughs> we'll be back to break it down. It, it doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> we'll be back to break it down uh, when we come back here on The Ticket. When she's not watching sports, she's talking about sports. And when she's not talking sports, she's tweeting about it. All right, boys, how did I tweet on this thing? It's Kara Ritchie on the Workday Red Zone. Is it finally time to pull the trigger on a new golf cart? Or is the cart you currently have struggling to make it around the course? Let NEA Golf Cars and Paracool get you rolling. Come by and see the selection of Onward Cars by Club Car. And then you can finish your new ride out with original Club Car accessories. NEA Golf Cars also is used cars from a variety of brands and can also take care of your current cart with accessories, tires, wheels, batteries, tune-ups, and more. Go by and see them on Highway 49 North or call them at 236-GOLF. NEA Golf Cars in Paragool. 
Get up to $170 back at Placid Tire Service on a set of Dixie Peck or Mickey Thompson off-road tires. Save $70 instantly on a set of four at Placid Tire Service, plus get $100 back by mail on eligible Mickey Thompson tread patterns. This exclusive deal on go-anywhere, great-looking off-road tires is only at Placid Tire Service. In Jonesboro and South Caraway and at our newest store on East Johnson Avenue. Get up to $170 back on a set of Dixie Peck or Mickey Thompson off-road tires at Placid Tire Service. Whether you're starting out or starting over, Payless is the name to remember for home furnishings. How about a queen mattress for only $99 or a heavy-duty washer for $15.99 a week? Name brands like Ashley, Maytag, Samsung, Sealy, and more. No credit? No problem. Payless has flexible payment plans and on-the-spot quick delivery. So, starting out or starting over, Payless is the place for quality furniture with locations in Jonesboro, Paragold, and Pigott. Visit us online at shoppaylessfurniture.com. That's shoppaylessfurniture.com. Why pay more when you can pay less? You've got a lot riding on how well your car gets repaired. When you choose Stadium Auto Body after an accident, you know you've chosen the best body shop in Northeast Arkansas. Stadium Auto Body is iCar Gold Class certified, meaning our auto body professionals have current, up-to-date training that contributes to complete, safe, and quality repairs. Accidents happen. We're what happens next. Stadium Auto Body in Jonesboro and StadiumAutoBody.com. Hatcher dumps it off left side to Perry. Inside the 10-5, Lincoln Perry is into the end zone for the score. It's a Thursday night showdown as the Red Wolves host the nationally ranked Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina. And you can hear it all on your home for A-State football. 107.9 K-5. Coverage begins Thursday at 4.30 with the Mid-South Four Dealers Tailgate Show. That's followed by the Centennial Bank pregame show at 5.30 and kickoff at 6.30. And stay tuned after the game for Wolfhound. Presented by Baird Auto Group, live from the Embassy Suites, Jonesboro. Ace Day Football is sponsored in part by Central Baptist Church, 1812 Pizza, First Financial Mortgage, Tedder Equipment, Blue Cross Blue Shield Agent Woody Harrelson, The Old Country Store, Purcell Tire and Service Center, Glen Sane Motors, Tommy's Express Car Wash, Farmers and Merchants Bank, and NEA Baptist. This is your warning. You're entering the Workday Red Zone. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Kara Keith Kate all hanging out. 9303-776 is the number to call. Shout out to friend of the program. A-State Nation publisher, Jeff Reed. He said he's listening. So no pressure to not be terrible. (laughs) Appreciate you listening uh, just this one time, Jeff Reed. Only took, you know, five or so years to get you to tune in. Appreciate that. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm sure he's listened at least once, maybe, (laughs) sometime in the past. Uh, The KavanaughCars.com question today, we're asking you, Uh, To tell us what you think is going to happen in tonight's A-State game. Are they going to be able to pull off the upset? Or are you taking Coastal Carolina to win? Or are you taking Coastal Carolina to win real, real big? 19.5 is what we have the line set at for our poll. By the way, I think the over-under 73.5 is it continues to just go up and up and up and up and up in that game. Uh, Actually, I've got it pulled up here. So let's just... No, I I lied. 76.5. So... (laughs) 
keep that just keep going north make sure you have batteries in the scoreboard there you go there you go i do want to hit pause on the a-state football talk for a moment as we're going to continue to you know sprinkle that in all throughout the program but last night was the end of the season for the st louis cardinals so we have to cuss and and discuss that for a little bit uh with the 3-1 loss um Man, just so many opportunities wasted. You can't go 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position and really have a chance to win the ball game. You just can't. Now, you see that a lot in the postseason. Why? Because you're going to use your best pitchers. You're not going to use the guys that, "Ah, maybe he can give us an inning here, an inning there, unless, you know, the game's already out of control, but you go 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position, you know, they scratched out a run in the first inning. If they could have scratched out another couple of runs somewhere along the way, you're not going into the bottom of the ninth with the tie ball game and you're trying to get it to extra innings without the Manfred Mann zombie runner on second. With this game, like, I, I'm going to throw out one one quick note before we dive into the hitters. Bringing in Alex Reyes was inexcusable. and, and I'll, I disagree. Okay, I'll go through. I'll, do you, we'll circle back around to this because yeah. we're talking about we'll the go, hitters. We'll go back to that. I don't know. You could not have asked for much more in the way that this team dealt with Max Scherzer. Scherzer has been virtually untouchable since he's been in in an LA uniform. He hasn't been he hasn't been perfect, but the man had a has an ERA under two as a Dodger. He's been he's been so so good as a Dodger. So you were able to get him a little bit. He was off kilter for the four and a third innings that he was out there. You were able to strike first. Uh, Tommy Edmond was able to have a big game and do the small things that he has done so well there for for the Cardinals to be able to go out and score their first run. So you have all of those things that are kind of pointing in a good direction. You get Scherzer out of there after after four and a third. And Wainwright uh, pitches very well in that game, as we knew Wainwright would do in a big moment. But yet, just time after time after time after time, couldn't capitalize. Tommy Edmond, Paul Goldschmidt, they were on base a lot. And man, I mean... O'Neill and Nolan Arenado have to get a little bit of grief today because time and time again in big moments when they had opportunities, they, they did not deliver. And sometimes you have to go through that before you can deliver. Uh, when was the last time Nolan Arenado played in a playoff game? That's a good question. I know his playoff stats are not as good as his regular season stats, but... Again, he's played in quite a few more regular season games than, or regular season seasons, regular seasons than he's had playoff opportunities. And O'Neill hasn't, yeah, this is O'Neill's first year to be an actual regular, we're going to count on this yeah. guy. So he does not have the postseason experience. With Arenado, uh, you go back to. Well, he was in the postseason in 2018, but uh, the Rockies went in 17 and 18, and out of his you know decade-long career, 
those were the only opportunities that that he's had with the exception of this year in St. Louis. So uh, actually nine years that he's played in baseball, one third of those he's been to the postseason now. So very small sample size in looking at Aaron Otto's numbers so far as he's still just only played in in four series if you want to count last night's one game as a series. It's a one game TV gimmick but that's okay you want to call it a series I won't complain. (laughs) Well if we don't call it a series then he's only got one postseason appearance. (laughs) So just for the sake of conversation we have to today because if not, we're going to be talking about like a teeny tiny sample size with just uh, the NLDS in 2018 being his his playoff appearance there. So, so those guys those guys had to do better. Um, Sosa didn't cost anyone the game, but you could kind of see how he not necessarily buckled under the pressure, but he was not as smooth there defensively as we've very much gotten accustomed to seeing. He's a great defensive shortstop and he had a phenomenal year but he was not at his last best night, last night was, no that was the cardinal devil magic yeah part of cardinals devil magic is finding guys in the minor leagues that come up and are productive way before anybody expects them nobody had heard of lars newtbar at the start of the year i was i was looking at what lars newtbar was doing early in the season for the Redbirds in Memphis and saying, boy, I wish that guy was on the 40-man roster because he's smoking hot. Well, eventually they got him on the 40-man roster, and he came up to the big leagues, and he performed well. Edmundo Sosa, who knows about Edmundo Sosa? Yeah. Yeah, he was just a guy. But he was an important guy for the Cardinals during the regular season, and he wound up winning the shortstop job by the end of the year. Looking at this box score last night. Again, uh, can't say enough good things about Tommy Edmond. He did everything he could to, to get on base yeah. and take advantage of those opportunities. You know, three for three for five. Uh, had the stolen base. Had two stolen bases. Excuse me. Don't want to shortchange him, which you is not the, a, You know the last guy to steal more than one base in a postseason game? For the Cardinals? For the Cardinals, I don't. Lou Brock. So it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a while. Actually, the the last Cardinal player with three hits and two stolen bases in a playoff game, and I screenshotted this last night because <laughs> I had a feeling it would come up today, before Tommy Edmond, Edgar Renteria did it in 2000. Okay. So, but, uh, but... There's other. There's only two other times it's happened other than Edmund and Renteria, and both of those times were Lou Brock. Lou Brock did it in '67. Did it in in '68. Both of those times in the World Series. So, uh, because he that's is, all they had. Yeah, that's true. Edmund is the first Cardinal player in in history to do that. Uh, three or more hits, two or more stolen bases in a winner take all playoff game. Uh, but uh, again, 0 for 11. So it's it's always going to be tough to be able to find success. In a game like that, um, we disagree on Alex Reyes's usage, but I'll, I'll tell you why 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 I'm so firm in that being a mistake. I don't think it was a mistake for Reyes to pitch in the game. I don't think it would have been a mistake for Reyes to be brought in at the beginning of the inning. But Reyes has not stranded a runner since April 20th. Every runner, and, and it's not a huge sample size. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 guys. But every single time since April 20th when he has came into a game and there has been a runner on, he has allowed that runner to score. 
And when you have absolutely zero wriggle room there, when it's a tie game and you cannot give up a single run, I couldn't wrap my head around around seeing him in that moment in that game. I know he had been in so many huge moments. He was he was so effective as a closer for the first two and a half months of the season. But whether it was because he lost his confidence when he started to blow those saves or whether it was fatigue because he has an insanely heavier workload this year than he's had in almost all of his career combined, I, I couldn't wrap my head around him in that moment. And you're basing that on a statistical model that is most likely more noise than signal. The other thing that could have happened and that I think did happen, because that's the way baseball is, was since April 20th he had bad luck and was unable to strand a runner. Flukish. Now, you go back and say, oh, since April 20th. Yeah, but you're talking about tiny, tiny, tiny sample sizes. At that point, what Mike Schultz was trying to do was get a strikeout. He had his ground ball pitcher in the game, Mm -hmm. but the guy at the plate don't ever hit ground balls. Well, you don't want him to hit a fly ball because he might hit it out. So you bring in your strikeout pitcher. You had in your jam guy, but then he walked Bellinger, which... Threw a wrinkle into the plan. Threw a wrinkle into the plan. And you got to have a strikeout guy. You're not going to send out Jack Flaherty in that situation because it's completely foreign to him. You've already used Geo, and Geo had a broken fingernail. That's why he had to come out of the game. I mean... Or wait, uh, Geo did, yes. Yeah, G- I think, Geo had had a broken fingernail. And I think Kenneth's Cabrera had had one earlier. Yes, yes. So he was not... How, how hard do you have to throw to break your fingernails? Uh, really, really hard. Makes me cringe a little bit. You have to do strange things. And they're capable of doing that. But in that situation, are you going to throw a starter? Flaherty's not completely healthy. I heard somebody say that Flaherty was going to start game one. No. No. He wasn't going to start game one of the division no. series. He was going to be in the bullpen. You're going to division. have him there for long relief. You bring yeah. him in. at the, you, ha- you can only bring him in at the beginning of an inning. Yes. You are not going to bring him in with the game on the bases. There, there really wasn't anybody else. You're not going to get Flaherty in there. You're not really going to get Dakota Hudson in there. You're not really going to get um, the Lizard King, Michaelis. Michaelis, right. and you, and you can't there. bring in Kim because he was in a. He's not good enough in that situation. Yeah, you already had a left-hander there. Yeah, you you wanted a right-hander against the right-hander. He was one pitch away from a White Castle special. Slider, slider, slider. Sit down. The last slider caught too much of the plate. That happens. It wasn't a bad decision. It wasn't necessarily bad execution, except on the last pitch. We will agree to disagree. <laughs> I think that's just the way <laughs> way that's going to be with Reyes. Uh, let's bring in here on the Ritter Communications Hotline. Phone line's open, by the way, 930-3776. Wolfamaniac is with us. How are you? I think Wolfamaniac is with us. Hello? I'm doing, I'm doing great. Hey, I'm good, doing great. Good to hear from you. Uh, 
I'm predicting an upset tonight. Okay. All right. Uh, tell us I why. Believe, I believe Arkansas, I believe, I believe ASU is going to take it by one point. And I think one point, a one-point win is better than a one-point loss. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I hate about the cards. I follow baseball and, and follow the cards. I don't really watch them or listen to them until it gets playoff time. But when they when they started on that streak, man, I got really interested. Sure. And but I hate that they lost. What was the final score? I didn't. I went to bed early last night. I wasn't feeling too good. It three was, one. Yeah, three to one. And not bad, but still, like I said, I'd rather have been the other way. But that's all I've got. Carrie, enjoy your show. I listen to it just about every day. Well, thank you. And uh, I'm fixing to go here, so y'all have a blessed day. Hey, you too. Thanks for calling us. Thanks for listening. We appreciate the support. Got uh, whoops, and hung up on him. Oh well. Very complimentary to us. And what do I do? I hang up on. It. I apologize, Wolf Maniac. I'm just, I'm just. We start to get to the goodbyes, and I get a little heavy-handed with the with the drop button. Quick, quick hands, quick hands. Sometimes that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not in this case, though. I did apologies on that. But uh, we got we got one call for the upset. Uh, some of you are voting for A-State to be able to pull this off tonight in terms of our Twitter poll. But uh, I told you today we were going to do football, baseball, football, baseball. So it's time for us to come back and talk a little bit of football. We'll have phone lines open during the, the break at 930-3776. So you can chime in here with us. But uh, we'll be back in a moment here on The Ticket. Northeast Arkansas's sports station is 95.3 The Ticket. There's a lot of things we can say about the kind of experience you get when using First Financial Mortgage. Here are more glowing reviews from satisfied customers. I always hate buying, selling, or refinancing a home. First Financial Mortgage was great from start to finish. Everyone there was friendly and easy to talk to. Mary Tucker was a godsend. This was our first home to purchase, and she walked us through the entire process step by step. She is a true professional. Call Mary Tucker or Lori Weaver, 9 93- 357808 First Financial Mortgage Equal Housing Lender Member FDIC Get a $0 premium and a $0 primary provider copay with Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shields MediPack Advantage HMO plan. You can switch plans now. The Medicare annual enrollment period ends December 7th. Call Woody Harrelson at 870-897-5000 to learn more. Woody Harrelson is a listing agency for Arkansas Blue Cross. Plans available only to the residents of Arkansas. Not available in all counties. MediPack Advantage HMO has a different network of doctors and hospitals than your current plan. Before enrolling, please check to be sure your doctors are in the network. MediPack Advantage HMO is insured by Health Advantage and is an HMO plan with a Medicare contract and enrollment depends on contract renewal. Livestock prices still on the rise. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB Noon Market Report. December corn at 533 and a quarter up one with March corn at 542 and a quarter up one and a quarter. November soybeans at 1247 and a quarter up five and a quarter with January soybeans at 1258 and a half up six. December wheat at 743 and a quarter down two and three quarters. March wheat at 756 and three quarters down two and a quarter. December cotton at 11028 down 78. March cotton at 10739 also down 78. November rice at 1376 and a half up 15 and a half. January rice at 1406 up 17. Moving on to livestock now, October live cattle 12475 up 92 and a half. December live cattle 12957 and a half up 135. October feeder cattle 15905 up 225 with November feeder cattle 16060 up to 47 and a half. October lane hogs at 8977 and a half up 15 with December hogs at 82 even up 27 and a half. That's your EAB noon market report and I'm Scotty Woodson. Have a great day. As we get ready to prepare for next year's crop, 
uh, for a lot of farmers that involves prescribed burning. We burn to reduce weeds, diseases, and insects in our fields. It's a naturally occurring process that's been used for thousands of years to renew the land, and it also reduces our carbon footprint. To continue to use this tool that we have, it's important to use it in a responsible manner, taking care of our environment and our communities that we live in. And we can do this by following these simple voluntary steps before you burn. So you can pick up a copy of the complete guidelines and checklists at aad.arkansas.gov. The most important thing to do is to remember to call the Arkansas Ag Dispatch Center at 1-800-830-8015 before you burn. So join us in the continued responsible stewardship of our resources by calling 1-800-830-8015 before you burn. Arkansas farmers have always been great at proactively ensuring a high standard, and we want to continue that tradition. Turn it up and annoy your coworkers who wear the wrong colors. Back to the Workday Red Zone. Here's Kara Ritchie. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone, 930-3776. Kara, Keith, Kate, all here with you. It's kind of like your pregame to the pregame to the pregame for tonight's 630 kickoff for Arkansas State against Coastal Carolina because uh, they've got uh, – so on K-Fine they do – Kelly and Brandon Baxter do a like a, a fun pregame at Embassy Suites at 2.30 and they kind of – you know, start the party, and then at four thirty, you've got the network pregame, and then at six thirty, you got kickoff. So we're the we're the pregame to the pregame to the pregame today. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, for we start the and then we roll. Yeah, uh, we might need to pre-party for this one because there's the problem with the Shawnee Clears is that there's not really anything they don't do well. And again, I know people are looking at at. Their strength of schedule, and it is not strong, but they they have genuinely had their way with, like, everyone. Um, and, and the one weak spot you can find for them statistically does not play in Arkansas State's favor because they're not a great team on rushing defense. Well, we've seen games where A-State couldn't run the ball to save their lives. And part of that is always, you know, kind of, um, exacerbated by the fact that you get to the end of the game and A-State has to throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it because they're trailing. But A-State hasn't been able to find a lot of traction in that aspect early because there's just not a lot of daylight to make moves there in the trenches right now for the Red Wolves. So if you're looking at, you know, if you're trying to find some kind of glimmer of hope in the statistics, friends, it's looking a little bleak. It's just uh, there. I, I kind of quit counting the different statistical categories that Coastal Carolina was leading the Sun Belt in because it was stressing me out. So instead, I started to look at the ones where you know they were leading the country in, and those kind of stressed me out too. <laughs> so then I started looking at their their player grades on. Pro Football Focus, and then I, that was really stressful, so I really don't know what I'm even saying here other than call us and save us at 9303776. But we will look at it at a couple numbers here. Um, again, they're, they average 48.2 points per game. I mean, look, that's a lot. That's, that's a bunch. That's a lot of points. That's second in the country. And you could make the argument that it could be higher because they averaged 30 points scored in the first half. 
So what they're doing in a lot of times in the second half, they called off the dogs against ULM. They called off the dogs against UMass. They called off the dogs again. In three of their games, it was so lopsided in the first half that they probably were playing their four-string dude by the end of the games. The scout team was out there for the end of the game. So that's uh, concerning. Um, also of concern, they have an insanely balanced offense. And I mean that in, in two different ways. You kind of have the old-school way of looking at balanced, where it's like, all right, Half your yards from rushing, half your yards from passing. And and they do that. They rank 6th in rushing offense, 257 yards per game. 36th in passing, 270 yards per game. So 257, 270 is your split. So pretty close. Pretty yeah, close that, there to 50 That's balanced. But they also have really good balance in what I think of as a little bit of the, the new school way. And, and it's Mike Leach who actually had comments like this when I first started to notice. But if you ask Mike Leach, a lot of times he would tell you that he has a balanced offense. Maybe not in Mississippi State because I haven't been very good. But the reason he would tell you that is not obviously because they both run and pass the ball. That's not true. But his definition of a balanced offense is when every single one of the skill players you have out there can can equally hurt you. And a lot of times when you look at what he had with his quarterback, when he had with just all those wide receivers out there, okay, that's a balanced offense. And what's concerning about Coastal Carolina is they have a balanced offense in that sense of the word, too. Their quarterback is really good. Their wide receivers are really good. Their tight end is the highest graded tight end in the country. Their running backs are really good. So when you look from player one to player 11 on offense, you've got balance. So that's why they've been able to have some of the success that they've had this year offensively. Everybody's good. There, there is no weak link when you look at them from an offensive perspective. A little nervous. Six in the country in yards per game. So uh, several things of concern when you look at Coastal Carolina. I went back and looked. Um, their one close game this year, the one time they've really been challenged, was in week three when they played at Buffalo, which that's also their only other road game they've played so far this year. Four out of the first five were at home, which is really nice. They've got seven home games this year, which is not something you see a lot. And not in the group of five. No, not at all. I mean, for a long time, it was a big deal when A-State started getting six, which is now kind of standard. For what we see. But seven seven is a lot. And that road trip they went up to Buffalo. Here's here's what Buffalo did in that game to, to keep it close. One, they had a really good ground game. They ran the ball well. They didn't try and throw it a lot. They had almost no penalties in that game. They were plus one on turnovers. They won the time of possession. They were plus three on sacks. And they went perfect in the red zone and excellent on third and fourth down. How many of those do you think A-State can pull off, honestly? They can pull off the no penalties. Okay. I think they can pull off the time of possession. Even though that they've thrown it a ton and had to, 
to my mind, a balanced offense is one that can attack all parts of the field. And I think Arkansas State can do that. Would it be more effective if they could run the football better? Yeah. And we might see that tonight. You know, the last game they made some changes on the offensive line, and the offensive line played better. Well, they've stuck with those changes this week. And if your offensive line plays better early in the game when yeah. you are trying to run the ball, you know, you might see some improvement on that end. Speaking of offensive lines, I came across this note on, on Coastals that's, that I found really interesting. Obviously, you don't, you don't get the type of offensive stats that they have, even with what some people will think of as a gimmicky offense because they are option-based and it's not what you see a lot. But, but you don't get the type of offensive numbers they have without having a pretty darn good offensive line, right? Their offensive line is tiny. In fact... It is the smallest offensive line in the country that is not a service academy offensive line. Their center is 5'9". That's not really a size we see anymore on, on an offensive line at the Division One level, period. And when you talk about teams being built or games being won in the trenches or whatever, you look at their offensive line, you're kind of like, okay, but how? Now on the flip side, their defensive line, they've got like a... 345 pound behemoth at nose but <laughs> but on the o-line it it is a little bit different than what you normally see they have one player who weighs 300 pounds and nobody else is is there nobody else is is really that close to that I mean one of their tackles is is at 280 which is something that I think most of us as fans at this point in time would kind of consider undersized but yet they are insanely insanely successful with the scheme that they do so I just find I find their offensive line fascinating I find it fascinating that their center is 5'9 and it shows that well when you're running an option based offense which is what they're doing you know a lot of their passing game is RPO sure run pass option it's not so much get your hand down in the dirt and move the guy in front of you it's let the quarterback read and make it where that wherever the defender goes, he's wrong. You have to really block well at the mesh point when the, the spot where the quarterback is making the decision, mm-hmm. I'm going to hand it off, I'm going to throw it, I'm going to keep it. You have to really block that well. But everything else, you're screening people away. Uh, so you don't necessarily have to have the behemoths. You don't have to have the behemoths. You have to have quicks. And I will uh, maintain that a five foot nine inch off center, offensive center, I'll bet he's quick. I bet he is too. I bet he is too. Now, you wonder what, you know, not that all of a sudden other programs are going to go out and, and try and recruit undersized linemen but I've said this before and I kind of stick to this thinking that if you're at the group of five level you're not going to go out and be able to get guys who have size and athleticism and a high football IQ you kind of have to pick two and have the confidence that you can develop the other one but in this case with Coastal Carolina they've got I, I would imagine these players have a very high football IQ or they wouldn't be having this success 
I would imagine that these offensive linemen have a great deal of quickness or they wouldn't be having this success, but they don't have the size. So, you know, can other schools look at what they're doing offensively and take little tweaks from that? Now, I'm not saying all of a sudden scrap your offense and install something option related because that's that's different. That's there's big time a, There's different. only one Grayson McCall. Yes. And he's, yeah, they talk about the straw that stirs the drink. He's the straw. Yeah. He's the drink. He's even the ice in the drink. You know, without Grayson McCall, that offense wouldn't work nearly as well. But I do think Chadwell had a, a good bit of success at Charleston, Charleston Southern, didn't he? And I know that's a different level, but I think he was pretty dang good there in terms of what he was able to do offensively, and that's how he got the gig as Joe Mowgli as offensive coordinator and then his interim and then obviously now his uh, the head coach there. Quick note on McCall, because I just everybody just wants to tweet out Grayson McCall stats today, I guess, because he's like playing on TV or something. Uh, he leads the nation with a 90.7% catchable pass rate on throws 10 or more yards downfield. That stat just kind of sounds like gibberish to me, but it came across my timeline today, so I thought I'd share it with everybody else. If we need to take a break, we'll do that. We'll come back and... Check in on what Vegas has to say about tonight's game and also look at how you all are voting on the poll question as well. Phone lines will be open during the break at 9303776. But, uh, hey, keep it right here with us. We'll be back in a moment on the ticket. We're the station that loves bat flips, transition threes, and end zone dances. One, two, three. It's Northeast Arkansas's sports station. 95.3 The Ticket. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Postseason heroes can come from anywhere in baseball. Not sure many people predicted that Chris Taylor was going to be the hero for the Dodgers last night. But Taylor hit a walk-off home run to lead L.A. past the Cardinals in their one-game playoff. Taylor made the All-Star game this year, but he was on the bench because he struggled toward the end of the season, in part because of health issues. But he stepped up in the biggest moment possible last night. Taylor became just the fifth player in postseason history to hit a walk-off home run in a winner-take-all game. Dodger fans have to be excited, but they also have to feel a bit relieved. This team was way too good to have just one playoff game and go home. Now they have a real battle against the only team in baseball that had more wins than them, the Giants. The great thing about baseball is we have no idea who will step up and be the hero in what should be a classic playoff series. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Hey, Dan Patrick here. You've heard me talking about Get Upside on the show, the free app that pays you up to 25 cents cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. I've got a special offer for my listeners. Right now, when you use the promo code FOOTBALL, you'll receive a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents per gallon cash back. So do the math. Let's say you have an SUV or a truck, standard 20-gallon tank, promo code FOOTBALL. That earns you $10. That's 10 extra dollars in your pocket just for buying gas, something you have to buy anyway, basically free money. Stop over paying for gas and start earning cash back with GetUpside. It's the easiest decision you'll make all day. Download GetUpside in the App Store or Google Play and start earning cash back just for buying gas. And remember, use that promo code FOOTBALL. You'll get the bonus 25 cents per gallon cash back. That's promo code FOOTBALL. Good luck. Get up. 
Mud tires, $5. Passenger tires, $5. Tires for my hunting truck, $5. Off-road tires, $5. Any tires and wheels you want, $5 will get you started at Local Tire and Wheel. Hi, I'm Scotty Woodson. Join us live this Saturday from 11 till 1 at Local Tire and Wheel. Open seven days a week to serve you. Local Tire and Wheel, 1518 South Caraway across from Burger King in Jonesboro. We'll see you this Saturday, 11 to 1. For curb appeal, it's Local Tire and Wheel. A few years ago, we had a hauling company that hauled the cars and trucks that we purchased at auction. One day I saw Bill, the owner of the hauling company, and he had both arms in a cast. He had fallen from the top rail of his hauling truck, broke both arms. He said, yes, Danny, and I have never been nicer to my wife all the years we've been married. I need her bad. Think about that. Glenn Sane, and God bless our troops. Part of the conversation on the Workday Red Zone. Phone lines open now, 930-3776. All right, a quick segment here to ramp up the noon hour on the Workday Red Zone. So Kara, Keith, and Cade with you for, for one more segment here. The three of us. Uh, phone lines open at 930-3776. Again, the KavanaughCars.com question. What's going to happen tonight is A-State host Coastal Carolina. And most of you are taking the Chanticleers to win. Okay, not surprised. Uh, but not just win, to win big and to cover the 19.5 points. Now, I went back and looked at some of the historical lines for Arkansas State football. And I don't have them going back you know, way, way, way far. I, I went back to 1999 because that's as far back as I could find. And plus, to be honest, right about that time is when it was starting to get really depressing. So I didn't <laughs> want to look <laughs> for any more. And so I, I will have you know that this is not the most that A-State has ever been a home underdog by. But... It ranks number three on the list, and those other two games featured players who can go by one name in this part of the country, and that was D'Angelo and Eli. So, <laughs> uh, who who knows? Maybe several years down the road, Grayson McCall will be a one-name kind of guy as well. But uh, right now, look, it's 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 pretty historical for A-State to be this much of, of an underdog at home. This is uh, the highest they've ever been a or the second highest they've ever been a, an underdog to what would be considered, you know, a, a group of five school with Memphis uh, when they were ranked 25th in the country back in 2004. That was that was the biggest line right there. So, fun times. <laughs> but you know what? The boys in the desert aren't always right. They're not. And, and we've already seen a, several displays of that this year in college football. We've already seen one display of that this year in the Sunbelt Conference. You know, and, and I'll reference this game later on as well, but we saw ULM at home host Troy the week before last as a 24-point underdog. And ULM was able to go out and get and get a win there. Yeah, so they won that game. They did. They did. It was close. One, I would imagine it was ugly looking at that score, but it doesn't matter because W is W, and when you kind of had the struggles that they have, you take... You take a W. All of them. You just take every W you have a chance to get. Uh, back to A-State here for a moment. Um, 
the largest line I could I could find, and again I went back to I went back to you could find every game from A State from nineteen ninety nine on. You could find every game for what would be considered power programs from ninety three to present. On September the fourth of nineteen ninety three at Florida, Arkansas State was a forty eight point underdog. And that is the biggest line I could find That's in program the history. That was that was uh, that was as bad as it gets. Uh, recent history would be that Alabama game just a few seasons ago where A State was a thirty six point dog. But uh forty eight's a lot. That indicates that there was a lot more Florida money than there was Arkansas State money. Because, as you know, the reason for point spreads is not to predict who's going to win the game by how much. The reason for point spreads is to have approximately as many bets on one side of the ledger as on the other side of the ledger. But... Florida was still significantly better. Yes. Yeah, 48 points is 48 points is still a lot. But uh, 20 is what it is at right now for Arkansas State. Uh, I think, what do we just say, 76 and a half, I think, yeah. for the over-under. Uh, PFF College tweeting out some bulletin board material early today is, of course, they go through and they have a ranking of all the quarterbacks and all of that. But this tweet from 11.35 a.m., quote, PFF's number four QB plays on Thursday Night Football. Tune in to see Grayson McCall clear the 73-point over by himself. Okay. I honestly don't think that uh, Arkansas State is lacking emotional reasons to play well. Sure. I do wonder, and Keith, you asked about this yesterday, how much we have already seen this team start to press a little bit and is the losing streak, if if it continues to grow, how much that will continue to grow? Because, unfortunately, you can make as many mistakes from trying too hard yeah. as you can from not trying hard enough. It's, it's really a, a razor-thin margin there. And I'll, I'll give you an example for that. I, I think we see that. In, in the quarterback play a little bit with with Lane Hatcher. When he's came in late in games, a lot of times A-State has been in a, in a significant hole and he's made some phenomenal plays, but I think he's also made some some pressing it mistakes with his, with his interceptions. Trying to do just a little bit too much, trying to get a, you know, 21-point touchdown on, on one drive. That's why Coach Jones... Talks about concentrate on the process, don't yeah. concentrate on yeah. the result. But it is a results-oriented game, and it's hard to do that all the time. Especially when the results lately have not... The results haven't been good. Not be going A-State's okay, so way. How, how do you change that? You improve the process. You do what you're supposed to do every time, often enough, and you get repaid eventually. Keith, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for having me. I'll see you tonight. All right. Sounds like a plan. Hey, uh, we'll see y'all, or at least talk to y'all, for a whole nother hour. We still got a lot to dive into. Our questions that are going to decide tonight's game. 
Uh, we're about two days late on our CFL update, but we might throw that in in the second hour of the program as well. A couple clips from Jamie Chadwell on the way, too. Just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We're going to dive into all of it in the second hour of the program. Keep it here with us on the Workday Red Zone. Staff meteorologist Sarah Tipton here. I was out with friends last week and they wanted to know what I was doing to look so good. The last six weeks, I've been using the Betts Clinic Weight Loss Program and Body Contour Light. Y'all, I feel so good right now with cleansing my body and losing weight. I've lost 10% of my starting weight, 16 pounds, and I hope to lose more in the coming weeks. The best part? I can feel my obliques and see them too. My arms and shoulders are on fire. I want you to feel and look like this. Being comfortable in my body again is wonderful. If you're like me, you know what to do to lose weight, but you don't want to give it the effort. That's why I chose Club Reduce and Solutions 4. This program at the Betts Clinic combines to help you in a specific way tailored to your body's needs. Want to join me? Call Dina at the Betts Clinic at 870-206-7813. That's 870-206-7813. The Betts Clinic. Bigger bonuses, increased starting pay. Linux Industries has 300 positions to fill and is now offering brand new seasonal shift incentives. Hiring bonuses from $2,000 for first shift and $2,500 for second shift. Starting pay from $1,525 on first to $16 per hour for second shift plus excellent benefits including full medical benefits and a free on-site clinic for employees and their families and an air-conditioned factory bigger bonuses increased starting pay up to 16 dollars an hour come join the linux team the leading hvac company in america call 870-672-8161 or apply online at linuxinternational.com careers linux industries is an equal opportunity employer Hey y'all, this is Matthew Cox with Cox Implement. Time for football and time to check out our new inventory of zero-turn mowers. Don't keep putting money in that old mower and don't wait till next year. It is no secret the inventory has been a challenge in 2021, but at Cox, we are stocking up on zero-turn mowers and preparing for 2022. Kick off the fall with a new zero-turn mower from Cox Implement. Come see us at any of our three locations in Hoxie, Highland, and Jonesboro or visit us online at coximplement.com. Cox Implement, equipment you can count on, people. You can trust. At Mr. T's, they know football games start way before kickoff. And that's why Mr. T's is your tailgate party headquarters this football season. Get 30 packs of Bud, Bud Light, Coors, and Miller Light for just $20.75, tax included. Plus, Mr. T's has the largest selection of beers and wines from around the world, all at the absolute best prices. So make the game-winning drive to Mr. T's at Riverside or Mr. T's Express in Red Onion, Missouri. And as always, Mr. T's reminds you to drink responsibly. Mr. T's at Riverside. This is Will Oswald with your Thursday Ticket Sports Update for KNEA, brought to you by Plaza Tire Service. The Red Wolves are under the national spotlight tonight as they host 
Coastal Carolina in Sunbelt football action at Centennial Bank Stadium. The 15th-ranked Shauna Clears, the highest-ranked team to ever play in Jonesboro. ESPNU will have the telecast beginning at 6.30. Radio pregame coverage begins at 4.30 this afternoon on 107.9 K-Fine and the EB Red Bulls Sports Network from Learfield, presented by Arkansas Blue Cross Blue Shield. And a programming note here on the ticket, the first 90 minutes of that pregame coverage will be heard right here on KNEA and KBRI following an abbreviated edition of The Drive with Brad Bobo. Arkansas State Women's Soccer looks to start a new winning streak as they host Louisiana Monroe in Sunbelt Conference action for an early kickoff this afternoon at the soccer park. Red Bulls' five-match winning streak ended on Sunday with a 2-1 loss at Louisiana Lafayette. Kickoff this afternoon at 1. And Chris Taylor's walk-off tour and homer in the bottom of the ninth gave the Dodgers a 3-1 wildcard game win over the Cardinals last night in Los Angeles. Four tires in one hour. That's guaranteed at Plaza Tire Service, and that's the latest from the ticket. The forgotten poor in need of healing wait for Mercy Ships, a floating hospital staffed by volunteers, heroes of mercy who donate their time to save lives. To learn more about Heroes of Mercy, go to mercyships.org. You're listening to KNEA Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon. The Ticket. Half time's over, and we're getting back to work. Hour two of the Workday Red Zone begins now. Here's Kara Ritchie. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Another hour to go today on the Workday Red Zone. Again, your pregame to the pregame to the pregame. Kara Ritchie, Cade Carlton here with you in studio. Phone lines open at 930-3776. Still a lot of football talk on the way, of course. With A-State set to host Coastal Carolina at 630. But just a heads up, they are not the only Red Wolves in action today on campus. First kick from the A-State Soccer Park for A-State against ULM is coming up, well, actually any second now. So we got the stat cast pulled up. We'll continue to keep you updated on how that's going to shake out for the Red Wolves. Of course, uh, Coach Brian Dooley, kind enough to join us yesterday, said this is a little bit of a different-looking ULM roster. It's a program that had not had a lot of success over the past few years, but they came into conference play undefeated. So that's going to be a little bit of a different challenge for A-State today than in the past years when they just absolutely walloped the Warhawks but uh, again this one's set to start too soon and we will keep you up to speed on what's going on in that one for our KavanaughCars.com question today we are asking you what's going to happen in tonight's game pretty standard question one that would at this point in time we've asked you about oh 60 times I guess 12 games times five years that's <laughs> probably about how many times we've thrown out this question for you but uh, what happens how do you see this one shaking out? And right now, just 16% of you brave enough to take Arkansas State to win. Normally, on you know on a, on a game day eve, we would get to this point in time in the show, and we would throw out our five questions that will decide the upcoming game. And I'm kind of lying a bit today with with the five questions, and. The reason for that is because five games in, I think we have to shift expectations a little, maybe a lot, based on what we've seen. This is obviously a Arkansas State team that will not be competing for a Sunbelt Conference Championship in 2021. This is a team that, barring a monumental turnaround, is not going to be going bowling 
This is a team that might not cover its preseason projected win total of three and a half. Yeah. So, sure, there are a lot of things that could go A-State's way tonight and different factors that could contribute to an A-State win. Up- upsets happen all the time. And as we mentioned in the previous segment, we've already seen one, an even bigger one in Sunbelt Conference play with ULM as a 24-point underdog getting a home victory over Troy just the week before last. But the reality is, is this is an uphill battle for A-State tonight with Coastal having better talent and better execution in multiple different aspects of the game. So instead of five questions, I just got one big one. And it's how does A-State find small victories? Uh, the Red Wolves are not going to be able to come out tonight and completely shut down Grayson McCall. They're not going to be able to come out tonight and, and pitch a shutout against that CCU offense altogether. They are not going to be able to air it out all over the field. So... We could talk about, you know, explosive plays like that's been a question in our five questions for the past several weeks. Or we could talk about um, being fundamentally sound on special teams or establishing the run or, or whatever else. But but I want to be realistic today and talk about small victories. Starting with the defense. Because every team A-State has faced this season has been able to name their score name their yardage, and name whatever player they want their conference to honor the following Monday as the Offensive Player of the Week. And Coastal's going to come in and be the best offense that A-State has faced so far. You're flat out not shutting them down. You're just not. But as far as small victories, here's what I mean. Coastal Carolina has put up 59 points in a game this season. Do not let them score 60. Coastal Carolina has had a game where they put up 610 yards this season. Do not let them get to 611. Grayson McCall has completed 80% of his passes this year. Do not let him get to 81%. Last week, this A-State defense did not record a sack. Make sure that changes this week. Last week, this A-State defense only recorded two tackles for loss. Try to double that this week. Last week, A-State gave up 13 explosive rush plays. Try to keep that in single digits this week. On offense, make sure you score the first passing touchdown that Coastal Carolina has allowed all season. James Blackman got hit 24 times last week and 19 times a week before that. Keep that number under 15. Coastal Carolina averages... Or They allow only an average of 14 points per game. Score at least a touchdown over that. They allow an average of 131 passing yards per game. Double that. A-State is averaging only 3.3 yards per rush. Do better than that. And go 100% in the red zone and be aggressive. Field goals ain't going to keep you in this game. They're just not. I could continue to go on with these, but I think you guys... You get the point. And and I know it might sound like a little like I'm waving a white flag here. 
and that I'm trying to list all the ways that A-State could get moral victories instead of a real live actual on the field one. But I, 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 I don't think that, especially since Coastal just has not been tested that much this year. But I am looking at this from, from more of a realist viewpoint as opposed to an optimist one. And to borrow a phrase from, again, some other dude we used to hear from a lot, it is going to be a tremendous challenge. I just hope both teams have fun. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's go to the phones and check in with Chuck. How are you? I'm doing good, Kara. How about you? Hey, doing good. Thanks for shouting at us, man. Oh, no problem. Hey, you know, I'm not into moral victories either, but if I could keep it close, I would be happy as long as I don't get all drugs. And, man, that's very possible. You know? Yeah. I hope it's, it's not. I mean, I hope it don't happen. But let me ask you a question, Kara. Mm-hmm. Offensive-wise, we do put up points. You know, it, 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 our offense is okay. A lot of the problems we're having is defensively. Would you say that maybe these guys have not bought into the defensive schemes that we have? I think that could be part of it. I think having the across-the-board talent to execute it could be part of it. Um, I think there are size and speed deficiencies with this defense that, that are part of it. I think... Unfortunately, Chuck, I, I think it's it's a lot of different things that are contributing to the defensive issues. I mean, it just seems like we can't stop nobody. Nobody. I mean, and it's not gotten any better than what it was last year. And I know we got 60-something people new on this team this year. And I know it takes a little time for everybody to mesh together. So I just wonder if... They're not bought into it, or we ain't got the right personnel that matches together, if you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I will say, Chuck, some of it is is personnel. Um, just it's, it's amazing what, can, what kind of wrinkles a one-and-a-half-year change to a different defensive scheme can bring in. Because, unfortunately, you had all kinds of bodies shift to places that, that have made things hard to adjust. And you've got some significant lacks of depth, particularly on your defensive line, that have made made things an, an issue. Of course, the more pressure you can get with the D line, the easier it makes things on the the back end. And it's just been it's just been tough going all around. Yeah, are we doing any picking today? We're not going to do picks today. If that's okay, we're going to do some top twenty five picking tomorrow. Okay. All right. Well, I didn't know. So thought I'd ask. Oh, uh, but yeah, that's. The only question I have, man, and I, I know there's a slight chance we can win tonight. I mean, there's a glimmer of hope. But from what I've seen this year, it ain't much of one, man. But, you know, like I said, if they can go out and not get skull drug, you know, and Coastal not pretty much do what they want at will, I think it would be a moral victory. Yeah. You know, uh, something's got to give on the defense. I mean, I figured they'd be much improved this year. Because yeah. they did bring in a lot of Well, here's the deal in terms of the new personnel. In terms of new contributors on the defense, 
really the only two new players you have are well you've got uh, you've got another addition at corner and Leon Jones and you've got two additions at defensive end but the interior of your D-line your linebackers uh, the bulk of your safeties and, and most of your depth at cornerback that's all the same personnel so it's it's the same guys for the most part okay so what about the guy from Tennessee is he yeah, D-lineman? Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a defensive end, Kavon Bennett. He's played well. He's been one of the bright spots. Him and uh, the other transfer defensive end, JoJo Izugu. They've they've played well. Okay. So, as far as linebacker go, are we getting good linebacker play? Um. Okay, so there's there's a side I've been frequently fre- frequenting online lately, and and it's not the be-all, end-all of, of college football analysis, but they go through and they watch every play and they grade every play and every player. And Arkansas State's best linebacker is ranked number 400 at his position. Okay. Because uh, I know last year we had Ross there as linebacker, and he made a big difference, and I know he went to Utah. Mm-hmm. I just, you know... Last year, I counted it up as Coach Anderson didn't want to be here no more. You know, I mean, you could just tell he kind of gave up, you know. And I'm not knocking Anderson at all. It may have been personal reasons. It could have been the way the fans talked about him. I mean, because look what he's done at Utah State this year. Yeah, he's you been know? able to rally those guys. They were they were pretty terrible last year, and they've uh, I think they've they've enjoyed what he's done there in terms of the start to the season. Right, and I and I'm gonna give credit where credit's at too. You know, Coach Anderson was a good coach, and still is. You know, a great coach. He's not yet, but I think he could be. I just wondering if they're not buying in defensively to what the coaches are trying to sell. Or it may be a personnel not matching the way they should. But anyway, that's that's what I had care. Like I said, if we don't get skull dragged tonight, I'd like to see a close game. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that would be a moral victory, and I'm not into moral victories, but sometimes you have to be. I appreciate y'all taking my call. Y'all have a great day, and go Red Wolf. Thanks, Chuck. We'll see you later. Appreciate you calling. Nine three zero three seven seven six. the number to call. Uh, one quick note here before we go back to the phones here and check in with David. Look, I, I don't I, I don't think that Butch Jones is looking for a moral victory tonight. I don't think the players are looking for a moral victory tonight. But but sometimes as fans, I think we kind of need one and, and kind of need that boost when things are not going in the best of ways. And I read a line earlier uh from a Cardinals write-up from last night. Obviously, moral victories don't get you any closer to where you want to be from a win-loss perspective, but they might let you sleep just a little bit after the game tonight. So, yeah. and, and, and that's not from a player perspective. That's not from a coach perspective, but that might be the case tonight from a, a fan perspective. Let's chat with uh, David, who's with us on the phone. How are you? Hey, Kara. I, I was listening to your stat. How many times has the quarterback been hit the past two games? 24 against Georgia Southern, 19 the week before that. Do you have any idea when the last time that happened? Oh, I don't know. Those are astronomical numbers. I mean, do you think it's ever happened? 
Uh, I mean, prob. I'm sure it's happened at some point in time, just not not recently. Yeah, I'm just trying to think back through the years. I just don't. When you said that stat, I just don't remember anything like that. I'm even trying to go back to the Hollis years with Cleo Lemon. Uh, I don't remember him being hit and sacked that many times. Well, well, let's let's be clear. These are not sacks and tackles for loss. These are quarterback right. hits. So a lot of times, these are not going to show up in your game book. But these are when the coaches are going back and they're watching every single play of that and they chart every single time that, you know, even if he releases the ball and he's tackled after the play, that's that's what they're counting. So it is unfortunately a little bit harder to go back and track unless you want to go back and watch watch game after game after game. Well, I think the only way we have a chance of winning tonight, we've got to score every time we get the ball. I mean, I think it's got to be a shootout. I just don't. I don't think our defense can stop them, so our offense has got to score. I mean, just almost every time they have the ball, it's like I heard somebody say to Swago, you can't get down there on the 10-yard line and sell for a field goal. No. I mean, you got to go for it and try and score points. And if we're not scoring, you know, 95% of our possessions, then we don't have a chance. Yeah, not that I want to see a complete Kevin Kelly uh, approach to tonight's game where, where they never punt and, and don't do anything but go for it, go for it, go for it. But but I would like to see some more aggressive play calling. Um, I, I really would. I would too. And I, is there any word on Marcel Murray? I mean, is he just, is he just hurt? I, I guess, David, I don't know. You know, we saw him. What, what did he – rack up last week like, yeah, like three two, carries yeah. Three, yeah so we saw it we well, saw him th- sparingly the three carries up three carries up the middle and uh you know i'm figuring if he's hurt they wouldn't have played him those three carries uh but i mean it looks to me like we, we i don't think we can run anything up the middle we're if we're gonna run we're gonna have to get some speed on the outside and it just seems like he's the guy to do it with i just i just wonder what the mystery is with him i don't know if they don't if if he or they do not trust his ankle to make some of those cuts you need to be able to make on the outside or or what i just i wish i had a better answer i i do and i just i just don't you know going into the season i wanted to see marcel murray healthy and i wanted to see dahu green healthy and in retrospect i wish i would have added hunter morton to that list as well because they need that depth on the interior of the defensive line and we're like we're like one for three on those this year now dahu looks has looked pretty good when he's in. He's he's made some clutch catches, if you can call it clutch, when you're behind by 30 points. But um, I just I just hope the offense will move and not stall. And and like I said, I think for us to even have a chance, uh, if we haven't, you know, if we have six possessions in the first half, if we haven't scored on five of them, we're toast. Hard not to view it that way tonight, David. Not going to disagree with you on, on needing to put a whole lot of points on the board. All right. We'll see you. We'll see you tonight. Uh, 9303776 is the number to call. But I tell you what, uh, we're going to have to hit pause here for a second. Eventually, we've got just a couple of quick clips that I do want to share with you from tonight's head coaches. And assuming the phone doesn't ring, which we're not trying to tell you not to call, by the way. We'll can, we'd rather take your phone calls than, than dive into this. But we are going to try and get into that next. So keep it right here with us. We'll be back in a moment on the Workday Red Zone. 
Enter the Workday Red Zone with Kara Ritchie. Weekdays from noon to 2 on Northeast Arkansas's Sports Station. 95.3 The Ticket. Football season is in full swing, and your friends at The Ticket are talking about all the teams you care about. High school, Red Wolves, Razorbacks. We've got you covered with all your favorite shows, including The Front Row with Budrow, RWRC Radio, The Workday Red Zone with Kara Ritchie, The Setup, and The Drive with Brad Bobo. And The Ticket is Northeast Arkansas's home to the Dallas Cowboys. So if you want football, we're here for you on 104.1 KBRI, KNEA AM 970, 95.3 and 96.9, the ticket. See Placid Tire Service today for the right tire at the right price right now. Placid Tire Service is the area's biggest selection of in-stock tires at the lowest price with outstanding service, including our four tires, one-hour guarantee. Plus, we make the purchase easy on the budget with our Placid Tire Service card or no credit needed financing options. In Jonesboro and South Caraway and at our newest location on East Johnson Avenue, Placid Tire Service has the right tire at the right price right now. Come see us today at Placid Tire Service. All you ghosts and goblins out there, let 1812 Pizza Company feed your hunger this Halloween season. You have to try the zombie pizza loaded with creepy pepperoni, slimy salami, and an extra helping of spooky sauce. And 1812 Pizza has dessert covered too with their scary Reese's Pieces Pizza. Sure to put the treat in your trick-or-treating. Let 1812 Pizza feed your monstrous appetite with delivery from all three locations. Curbside pickup at Hilltop in Jonesboro on in Manila and drive through window on Ray Street in Jonesboro. Eat local this Halloween at 1812 Pizza Company. Hi, this is Angie Gallagher at United Country Scenic Rivers Realty. If you are looking for investment property, I have several great opportunities. We have a 20-unit mini storage operation listed in Randolph County for only $75,000. I also have six fixer-upper rent houses in Pocahontas, all for the low price of $206,000. And finally, how about a newer 2,400-square-foot commercial building with overhead doors and a nice apartment that is perfect for various types of automotive businesses? Call me for more information at 870-219-5159 and check them out on my website at unitedcountryozarks.com. Hey, everybody, it's Matt Stoltz. And Brad Bobo. So everybody seems to have a podcast these days, and, well, we've decided to join the party. We'll release a new episode every Tuesday. Of course, we'll talk about what's going on with the Red Wolves, but we'll also be able to talk about some things we might not always get to. That's right. We'll have interviews, behind-the-scenes info, tell plenty of stories, and have a whole lot of fun as we talk about everything A-State. It's the Second to None podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. New episodes every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast. The premier arts and crafts festival for Southeast Arkansas is coming up Thanksgiving weekend. Part of the Stuttgart Wings Over the Prairie Festival. Right now, booth spaces are being reserved for this year's event. Contact the Stuttgart Chamber of Commerce today and reserve your space. Over 20,000 people attend this annual event and you need to make sure your arts and crafts are there to be viewed and sold. Call 870-673-1602 or go to StuttgartArkansas.org to reserve your arts and crafts booth for the Wings Over the Prairie Festival in Stuttgart. That's 870 870- 673-1602 or go to studgardarkansas.org. On paper, it's the best sports show around. Back to the Workday Red Zone. All right, welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. What happens in tonight's Arkansas State game against Coastal? We have seen uh, the optimism tick up a teeny tiny bit. I think we've gone from like 18% of you picking A-State to pull off the upset to like uh, we're at 20. So the optimists are coming out on Twitter at Kara underscore Richie. 
we did preview the game from a little bit more of a realist perspective um, in the previous segment. And, of course, we're going to continue to talk about this one throughout the course of the program. Phone lines open, vote on Twitter, multiple ways to shout at us. I do want to hear briefly from tonight's head coaches. We've got just a couple clips we want to share with you. We're not going to bombard you with audio. But uh, Butch Jones, Arkansas State head football coach, was kind enough to join us yesterday in, again, a condensed week, a short week for this team. But he was kind enough to share some time with us and – he weighed in on several different topics, and of course you can find that full interview at 953theticket.com, but there's two places in particular I want to focus on when we talk or when we hear these clips, the defense and the offensive line, because I know defense is kind of a broad subject, but we all know that it needs improving. We also know, uh, you know, in talking about those numbers of times that James Blackman has been hit this year, that the offensive line has to step it up a little bit, so... Uh, ask him yesterday what he wants to see from this defensive line, you know, not just necessarily... Uh, to today against Coastal Carolina, but where does he want to find progress for, you know, moving throughout the rest of the season? Continue and improve. And, you know, it starts with stopping the run. And, you know, quite frankly, we got to have better play from our defensive front. Um, that's where it starts. You know, same thing in the offensive line. There's no still secret to winning football games. It still starts with stopping the run and being able to run the football on offense and, you know, right now that's kind of been an issue for us is consistency and stopping the run and consistency in running the football. So, you know, a lot of it playing defensively is, is, you know, we've talked about it a lot is gap integrity and fitting your gaps. But, you know, it all starts with the defensive front and being able to work double teams and maintain being square and letting our linebackers run downhill and, and get off blocks. So I think the big thing is just continue to improve you know, obviously the, the first half of our schedule has been extremely challenging, and we have to be better for that. We have to learn from our mistakes. We can't waste any failure that we've had. We have to continue to grow and be better from it. But I think the big thing is staying together as a football team and continue to grow and develop. And if just every individual in our football program can just get just a little bit better, then collectively we're going to be a much better football team at the end of the year. Also of note, um, Arkansas State, as we mentioned, is going to have to have better play on the offensive line. Now, it's going to look different than what we've seen so far with the exception of the last quarter against against Georgia Southern. Uh, we already know, you know, based on Jones's comments from, you know, first thing this week is Monday press conference. He announced that right tackle Robert Holmes is going to be out for the rest of the season. The right side of the line had been having some adjustments uh, anyway because he had missed a couple games prior to that but we've seen a few different guys start at guard a few different guys start at tackle and at the end of that game against Georgia Southern I I would encourage you to go back and watch from about a minute left in the third quarter on because A-State shifted things around on the line what they did is they brought Jacob still in to start at center moved normal starter Ethan Miner over to guard and it was amazing how dramatic the difference was from there on out. But uh, Jones talks about what he would like to see from that reshuffled O-line tonight against Coastal Carolina. Well, I think just an overall mentality, you know, a mentality of toughness, a mentality to strain the finished blocks, and really pride in performance. You know, our quarterbacks have been hit way too much 
you know, the hits that James Blackman has taken, uh, I've never seen anything like it in, in all my years of, of coaching. And they're very prideful. Uh, they get it. They understand it. So I think just the level of strain, the level of working together, and, and it's not just the offensive line. You know, it, a lot of it sometimes may be a running back. It may be a tight end. It may be the receiver running the wrong route. So, you know, all focus is on the offensive line. But I think just trying to provide a cleaner pocket for our quarterbacks, taking great pride in, in keeping our quarterback upright and then just continuing to progress and be able to run the ball efficiently. Switching to the opposite viewpoint and hearing a little bit from Coastal Carolina head coach Jamie Chadwell, obviously tonight a lot of eyes going to be on their quarterback, Grayson McCall. Came in last year as a freshman and started, and he was kind of good. He was the Sunbelt Freshman of the Year. <laughs> Won some other awards as well, and... Unfortunately, there is no sophomore slump going on this year for Grayson McCall. He is still really, really good. And in terms of things like, you know, completion percentage and stuff like that, his numbers are nuts. He's completed 80% of his passes. That is that is an absurd number. He was perfect. Last week against ULM, he went 13 for 13. And Jamie Chadwell talks a little bit about uh, what is it that, that Grayson McCall does, how he fits into this offense to have so much success there with the Shauna Clears. Well, I think the the thing that he does is is one that uh, he, he gets us in the right place, uh, and so we're always in. We feel like in a good position to execute at a high level because he gets us in a in a good play. And then two, he knows you know he knows what to do with the football. I think any time that you're you're leading in, in efficiency, that means you have a good understanding of what you're doing and where you should go with the football there. And so uh, you know our team has confidence that he's going to put us in the right play or the check or whatever it may be, and then. Uh, and then also, you know, wherever the ball should go, typically he, he puts it to that position, you know, and so I think everybody has an opportunity to catch it because they know he's going to go through his reads and those things. So uh, he, he's from last year to this year, there's, you know, he, he's continued to improve. And I think that's the biggest improvement is just really understanding uh, where to go with the ball in, in each and every situation. Continuing here in some comments from Jamie Chadwell. Uh, he did comment on Grayson McCall's health. There were some questions about his his ankle um, how he would fare for this game, but he's he's good. He's ready to go. No, he's ready to rock and roll. So uh, everything's good to go. And um, just it was a lower body thing. Really, just got rolled up. To be honest with you, and, and one of the one of the tackle piles there got rolled up on his on his uh, uh, you know foot, ankle, whatever it was. And but he'll be ready to rock and roll. Look, not that you ever want to wish injury on a player, but. Maybe if he just has like a bad burrito and has some gastrointestinal distress. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. One more comment here from uh, Jamie Chadwell is he was asked what he has made so far of this Arkansas State team, the defensive struggles, and just how he sizes up the Red Wolves ahead of tonight's matchup in Jonesboro. Well, I'm not, to be honest with you, I've not paid much attention, you know, to that. Uh, I do know they still got good players. Uh, I know they've got a good system scheme in place. Uh, and they've got good support. So uh, I think anytime you transition to a new coach, I went through this when you're trying to put your culture in, uh, there's a change there sometimes. And, and there's sometimes there's growing pains with that. And I'm sure with Coach Jones, uh, they're going through a little bit a little bit of that, just trying to make sure they establish what he wants. But 
when I turn the video on, I still see good players. I still uh, see team playing hard and playing with effort uh, and uh, wanting to win and expecting to win. So I think that's how it's been there for a long time. That was Jamie Chadwell. And that means it's time for us to take a break. It's about that time anyway. So I tell you what, uh, let's do that. We'll come back and continue to get caught up on news and whatnot here on The Ticket. We'll be back in a moment. Keep it with us on the Workday Red Zone. We are the station that always has our howl on. Northeast Arkansas Sports Station. 95.3. The Ticket. Hey, it's Brad Bobo. If you haven't joined us for The Drive, you're missing sports talk done a different way. We shine the spotlight on local people making sports news, especially our high school coaches and athletes. We also cover sports stories from across the state and the nation. And, of course, we bring you tons of Red Wolves coverage and talk with folks around the Sunbelt Conference. Come see why sports news breaks on the drive. Weekdays afternoons from 3 to 6 on Northeast Arkansas Sports Authority, 95.3 The Ticket and AM 970 KNEA. Where are we going? I thought you wanted to get some stuff for the party. We're going to the old country store off the Cash River in Sedgwick, just 10 miles from Jonesboro. Yeah, but we need something besides beer and wine, don't we? The old country store has all spirits now. I'm taking you to see all your favorite men. Oh, you mean Jack, Jim, Jose, and Johnny. Yep. You know, Jose's my favorite. Keep your clothes on this time. The proceeding was recorded by fully paid voice actors. The Old Country Store and Spirits, 16067 Highway 63 East in Sedgwick, just 10 miles from Dan Avenue. The Old Country Store. Thursday night, October 7th, the eyes of the college football world will be on Centennial Bank Stadium as Butch Jones and the Red Wolves take on the highest-ranked team to ever come to Jonesboro, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. And you can be there for just $5. That's right, just 5 bucks can get you in as the Red Wolves try to knock off a nationally-ranked opponent in a game televised nationally on ESPN. Help make this game a sellout and the loudest game of the season. Come show the nation how we support our Red Wolves Thursday, October 7th with kickoff at 6.30 as they take on nationally ranked Coastal Carolina with every ticket on the east side of the stadium just $5. And the first 1,000 fans into the stadium receive a complimentary Red Wolves flag. Make sure you're there for this historic night. To order tickets, go to astateredwolves.com or call 870-972-2781. I've been a farmer all my life, and I know how important it is that we never miss a season. So let's vaccinate Arkansas to stop COVID-19. It's safe, effective, and rigorously tested. Do it for yourself, for your family, and for Arkansas. This is our best shot to get to the other side of the pandemic. Save lives. Get your vaccination. Learn more at healthy.arkansas.gov. This message brought to you by the Arkansas Department of Health. I knew I was stuck at this kid's house for the night, but those guys snuck up on me to try and pull the hand in a bowl of warm water trick. Well, that was enough for me. I went downstairs to sleep in the basement, even though it was pitch black. I left my sleeping bag upstairs, and that was a mistake, because it was freezing. I think it was probably the longest night of my life. To read more about the sleepover, check out Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Last Straw by Jeff Kenny. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov, brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Giving you 110% and taking it one show at a time. Here's Kara Ritchie. All 
right, rolling right along here on the Workday Red Zone. 9303776 is the number to call. What's going to happen tonight at Centennial Bank Stadium? Of course, if you'd like, you can also weigh in on last night's Cardinals game as well. Uh, look, I'm not going to lie. I'm still a little bit in my feelings about it. I am not a good loser. I'm also a little bit of a sore winner, so I, I guess I'm just kind of a terrible person when it comes to sports in general. But um, but I was thinking earlier, I, I'm trying to take some slight solace in the fact that it could have been worse. What if it would have been Albert Pujols who hit the walk-off? I thought it was going – just based off the sound of the bat alone, I thought it was going to happen. I'm not – I probably would have just, like, thrown up in my floor. <laughs> Either that or thrown the TV through the window or, or thrown the TV through the window. Thrown the remote through the window or through the TV or something. I would uh, I would have called in today. I don't know. I would not have been in any way, shape, or form able to handle that. And it really, uh, the storybook moment was there. He had that at bat uh, there at the end of the game to, to be able to rally the Dodgers for a win there. And he was unable to do it. I mean, of course, it still happened anyways, but it's all over there. Uh, do we still collectively hate the Astros? Mm, I mean, I guess. Are we... Do you... I'll ask you this, Kate, and also for anybody listening. Do you bandwagon any at all in October? Uh, no. Okay. No. So you just, you genuinely do not care. There's not a single person even... There's not even a single player that you're rooting for a little bit to have success in the postseason. I mean, I I don't want the Cardinals to win, and then I I like to root for Clayton Kershaw when he's on the mound. But other than that, like <laughs> other than that, I'm just watching. Like if if Kershaw's if the Dodgers are in the World Series, I'm going to root for Kershaw. Okay. When he is on the mound. Okay. But that is about the extent of my remaining postseason cheering. I I kind of like to bandwagon a little bit when my team is is not in it. Now, not full, I'm not about to go out and buy like a Rays shirt or something, or immerse myself in their lineup or whatever. But uh, usually, and, and by bandwagon again, I'm not going to do anything extreme. I'll look at, for example, I played fantasy baseball this year. Lance Lynn was one of my pitchers. I also still keep tabs on him since he was a former Cardinal. So I'm interested in what they're going to do in Chicago. And of course, I think tonight you've kind of got a fun story um, coming up, or excuse me, this afternoon coming up. Since that game gets underway at 3 o'clock with Tony La Russa versus Dusty Baker. I mean, those guys are, they've been going at each other for years. Years yeah. and years and years. You know, former NL Central rivals. And guys that are going to be reunited on the field tonight or at least in opposing dugouts. So I am I am interested in this one. Who wins it? You got your, your pick figured out yet? I don't know. I don't know who's going to win the thing. Like, I... I think the Dodgers, but then again, like we're back to a normal year in the baseball playoffs, so I'm not picking the favorite. I just vehemently refuse because the favorite almost never wins. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I really don't. I would not be I would not be at all surprised if the Brewers made it to the World Series. Would not shock me in the slightest. We're gonna switch gears here for a moment, although again, you can pick your team, pick your poison. Throw out your predictions on tonight's game. But uh, going back to last week, you know, we were not with you last Tuesday. And then this Tuesday, we had a segment that we normally do, and I just, I just kind of forgot. So I know you guys are all having withdrawals on our updates from the Great White North. 
So with that being said, let us all strap on our snowshoes and head to the nearest Tim Hortons for the CFL update. Haven't done this in a little bit. I'm a little bit out of practice. Uh, only one roster update to share with you guys, and it's not a great one. Kyle Wilson, who was active in weeks seven and eight for Hamilton, has now unfortunately landed on the one-game injured list. He joins Saskatchewan's Justin McKinnis on that list, although McKinnis has been on that one-game injured list for like at least six games. At least six games on the one-game injured list. Uh, other players who are rostered but inactive, you got Kevin Thurman of British Columbia, Chris Odom of Calgary, and Ronin Bingham, also of Hamilton. As far as the A-State alums that are active in Week 9, it's first head to Calgary. Just down the road from head smashed in Buffalo Jump. And, of course, check in with everybody's favorite Aussie punting sensation, Cody Grace. Uh, he was really busy last week, booting it six times with an average of 47.3 yards per punt. And Calgary actually won! Maybe the less we talk about them, the less terrible they are. 23-17 to 17 over the Rough Riders. For the other Red Wolf in action, we head to Hamilton, Ontario. Right down a tick from Punky Doodle's Corner. But honestly, not that close to Crotch Lake. And if you've hit Balls Falls, you've gone too far. That's where Monshadrick Hunter, a.k.a. Money Hunter, was busy this week with his Montreal Alouettes. He recorded four defensive stops in the game as his team got a 23-20 to win. How much French do you think Money Hunter knows these days? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I really hate the Alouettes website, by the way. <laughs> Which... I'm sure they have like a French one and an American one or an English one. Excuse me. We don't speak American in this country. We speak English in this country. Uh, but it has all these weird pop-ups and always wants to chat with you. I don't want to. I don't want to chat with you. Just let me look at Money Hunter stats and leave me alone. Anyways, we can kill the music now. That's all I got. That's all I got for the CFL update. Fun times. Unfortunately, I, I don't have any NFL updates for you. This week in terms of uh, saw, you know, Omar Bayless working out. He worked out with the Texans uh, last week. So I was hoping maybe that that he would have an opportunity there. But I did see news that the Texans had signed a couple of wide receivers. And unfortunately, neither one of them were named Omar Bayless. So no new news to report on that front in terms of Bayless. Uh, I do know that the Dolphins have recently placed one of their wide receivers, Will Fuller. On the IR. So. I know their fans are big. Kirk Merritt <laughs> stands. They're pushing for him to get an opportunity. So we'll see how maybe that shakes out. This week. It'd be pretty cool stuff. If we saw Forrest Merrill get an opportunity last week. To join the Chargers. And then Kirk Merritt get the opportunity this week. With the Dolphins. But uh, certainly nothing is said at this point in time. So we will just have to wait and see. How that goes. But if he gets the opportunity. Then of course. We'll give you updates, keep you up to speed on his stats, all that good stuff. Uh, we've got one more break to take, so we might as well take it. Our phone lines will be open during the break at 9303-776, but then we're going to come back and wrap it up. So keep it right here with us on the Workday Red Zone. 
We're not as socially awkward as you think. Search for 95.3 The Ticket on Facebook and follow us at 95.3 The Ticket on Twitter. Mud tires, $5. Passenger tires, $5. Tires for my hunting truck, $5. Off-road tires, $5. Any tires and wheels you want, $5 will get you started at Local Tire and Wheel. Hi, I'm Scotty Woodson. Join us live this Saturday from 11 till 1 at Local Tire and Wheel. Open seven days a week to serve you. Local Tire and Wheel. 1518 South Caraway across from Burger King in Jonesboro. We'll see you this Saturday, 11 to 1. For curb appeal, it's local tire and wheel. Save big this week at Food Smart, where you get all items at cost, plus 10% at checkout. Get Prairie Fresh, whole boneless pork loins for $1.58 a pound. Best choice boneless skinless chicken breasts in a two and a half pound bag, $4.48. Ozark Pride Shank Portion Bone in Ham, $1.33 a pound. Golden Ripe Pineapples, 88 cents. And 12 packs of Pepsi products are three for $8.88 when you buy three or more. Be smart. Shop Food Smart. Now open in Jonesboro in the two former Hayes Supermarkets locations on Nettleton and on G Street. Who remembers opening a checking account and selecting checks to fit your style? Well, now you can do the same thing with your debit card at the Bank of Fayetteville and Farmers and Merchants Bank. Whether your passion is nature, athletics, or even fashion like leopard print or tie-dye, drop by your favorite branch or look online at mebanking.com to see all our new designer debit card selections. The Bank of Fayetteville and Farmers and Merchants Bank. Member FDIC. Trust your heart to better care at NEA Baptist. Better access means communication with your award-winning cardiac team anytime, anywhere with the MyChart app. Better technology means leading the state with new treatments and interventions right here in Jonesboro. Better is an integrated team of experts at your service when seconds matter. Your heart deserves better. Find it at NEA Baptist. We have another full Friday night of high school football action this week across the EAB Sports Network. Join us as Jonesboro goes to Pine Bluff on 95.3 and 96.9 to ticket. And in 5A East action, Valley View plays at win on 101.3 KBTM, while Brooklyn hosts Green County Tech on 101.7 KISS FM, and Nettleton travels to Paragold on 94.1 Bob FM. High school football is brought to you by First National Bank, NEA Baptist, Real Estate Nate, the Cavanaugh Auto Group, St. Bernard's, JOSM, and Domino's Pizza. Pre-game coverage starts at 6 30 Friday night on this EAB Sports Network station. Can you uh, pass the ketchup, honey? Dinner conversation can be tough, like getting ketchup out of a bottle. So, uh, Amber, what uh, happened at school today? Oh, nothing. Really? But having regular dinner together gives kids a better chance to thrive. Anybody act stuck up today? Kind of like this ketchup? Yeah, Chloe is. She says that I'm taking sides with Jordan and Zoe. Here, Dad, let me get that. Family dinner is just one way to help your family thrive. For more tips, visit Facebook.com slash Make Every Day Count. You've already mailed it in at work today, so you might as well keep it right here. Back to the Workday Red Zone. All right, home stretch here on the Workday Red Zone. Last call on the phones, 930-3776 is the number to call. What happens in tonight's A-State game against Coastal Carolina? Looking at the poll one more time on Twitter, at Kara underscore Richie. Leader in the clubhouse by, well, a lot, a lot, a lot. A lot is uh, Coastal Carolina winning and covering. 
which we have our poll question set at 19 and a half. Just pulled up Vegas Insider. They've got Coastal favored by 20. But you're you're looking at just a, a tick under a three-touchdown favorite is what Coastal will be tonight in Jonesboro. Uh, 14% of you think Coastal will win, but they will not cover. So uh, a margin of victory somewhere between 0 and 19 points, or 1 and 19 points, excuse me, because we ain't going out here to watch a tie tonight, that's for sure. And uh, 20% of you, though, still believe you think A-State can pull it off tonight and be successful. Look, it's not out of the question, but we're going to have to see a lot of things play out differently for A-State than we've seen so far this season. A-State is going to have to be pretty much flawless on, uh, particularly on offense, because I, I, I think I still think at this point in time in the season the offense can make more gains than than the defense. I think the defense is kind of an it is what it is situation. So you're not going to be able to do a lot to band aid the situation, especially when the situation comes calls for a tourniquet instead of just a little patch. Yeah. But uh, but this offense can put more points on the board. Now of course uh, it's not like Coastal is just going to give this a state offense ready to go and move and do whatever they want again coastal carolina has not allowed a passing touchdown this season one note on coastal this is had tip to a state fan rules for pointing this out uh coastal their tailback shamari jones who is i believe he's listed as the starter on their depth chart is going to be playing tonight which is Going to kind of ramp up uh, the toughness level, I guess you could say. He missed the past two games due to injury. Reached 100 yards on the ground in two of the first three games for the team. But he's been out, but now he's going to be back. So, yay, Shamari. Again, never would never root for a player to be, to be injured, but uh, that's the status there. On that, and uh, we'll just see what happens tonight. This one kicks off at 6.30. Pre-game coverage at 4.30 on 107.9 K-Fine. And again, uh, shameless self-promotion here is we'll tell you to stick around after the game for Wolf Howls. I'll be hanging out at the NBC Suites. Might be a little bit of a lighter crowd because it's Thursday and, and not hopping on Saturday like we're used to, but I would still expect, well, either a very joyous or very sad occasion. Either <laughs> way, either way, if you need to wet your whistle. <laughs> to the game no matter what the outcome is attention members and guests you can do so right across from the stadium right there in that lobby and uh, you'll get to hear me either uh, talk real loud into a microphone because I'm excited or whine for anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour so we'll see we'll see how it uh, how it shakes out that's such a sell listen to us tonight listen to me whine about a football game Uh, it won't be whining it will be calmly clearly talking about stats and other things that may or may not go in in Arkansas State's direction Uh, we'll see all right uh, if a state is not your cup of tea though you're not out of luck tonight when it comes to football there's a couple other games going on interested uh, to see if you know I thought Tulane was going to be better they're one and four they are at home tonight against Houston Uh, Houston four and one but only a touchdown favorite that one's going to kick off at 6.30 also. It's on ESPN. A-State, of course, on ESPNU. And then there's also NFL action tonight on, on Fox. It is the Rams at the Seahawks, and that one at, at 7.20. So you could watch, if you wanted to, you could watch a whole boatload 
of games tonight and just keep tabs on a lot of football action. Of course, the playoffs are tonight. And <laughs> not that, you know, everybody doesn't second guess a manager after a loss anyways, but it's funny that you look on Twitter right now and you've still got Flaherty trending, you've got Mike Schilt trending, you've got things like that trending, and so you still got a lot of fans that are airing their grievances over the end of the Cardinal season, but it is what it is. Don't uh, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Smile because it was not Albert Pujols to deliver that final blow. I would I would have been in hysterics. It would not have been okay. Side note: I missed three innings of that game because my dog decided to try and <laughs> dig a hole to China last night. Uh, very distressing when you're trying to lock lock a dog in a shower and also find out if your team's finally going to be able to get a hit with runners in scoring position or not. It was, <laughs> it was a lot going on. <laughs> Obviously, we survived, so we're okay. So it's over this week. I've had to deal with a uh, an insane dog. Uh, we've had this. We've had snakes at the office recently, so that's been an ordeal. And tonight, hopefully, we can just have a nice, normal, fun football game. That's all we need. Yeah. I hope the last part about it being fun is true. <laughs> I, and I hope there's a good crowd. I know that, obviously, there's there's frustration in watching how this team has, has played lately. It's been tough. But if you're on the fence about it, you know, still trying to figure it out, I mean, look, just go. The east side tickets are $5. So, one, you're not going to find anything cheaper in Jonesboro to do tonight. And it is going to be a beautiful night. It's it's beautiful right now. Um, it was beautiful last night after it stopped raining. We saw a beautiful rainbow. I can't guarantee you any rainbows tonight at Centennial Bank Stadium. But it is a really nice night. And I know, you know, if you are a fan, just remember that these guys could probably use your support. They're probably not feeling that great. They obviously do want to be able to win for this program and, and represent well, but it's just not going their way. So a little bit of extra support would be uh, would be awesome. Please don't boo the play calling. <laughs> Even if there are three consecutive runs up the middle that don't go anywhere. Because I, I, I don't think the players realize that you're not booing them. Uh, but, uh, but... Who knows? Uh, we did not, and I meant to mention this earlier, did not discuss the big news in the NBA today, which is kind of a, a doozy. It's not really related to anything on the court, but it is still some recognizable names that are being charged because 18, 18 ex-NBA players are being charged in a $4 million healthcare fraud scheme. Uh, they pocketed about $2.5 million of those $4 million, and, and there's all kinds of stuff going on. Um, each defendant made false claims for reimbursement, and uh, one of these was Tony Allen, along with his wife. So you kind of scratch your head a little bit because none of the guys on this list are superstars. I mean, Tony Roten is on this list of 18 players charged as well. So you're not seeing some of the guys that won MVPs, guys that were perennial all-stars on, on this list, but... You know, still these 18 players combined to make $343 million throughout their careers, not counting any other income or endorsements or whatever. Heck, uh, Tony Allen used to be the spokesman for the Memphis airport. <laughs> yeah. And while I don't think that paid him as much as his NBA contract, it, it's not something that was free either. But this is just um, 
it's kind of a wild story. I'm sure it will be something that, that continues to develop. But uh, if you'd like to read more on that, because it is, again, there's a lot going on. Um, that's That story, some kind of coverage of that story is up on whatever site you get your sports news, whether that's ESPN, CBS, Fox, whatever. Any any site whatsoever that you get your sports news has a story about that up and, and posted today. A-State soccer, ULM soccer, they're scoreless at the half. Uh, but still time to go out there and catch the Red Bulls in action at the A-State soccer pitch. So uh, 45 minutes left to play in that one. So we'll be keeping tabs on that after today's show is over. But the music is just about to hit here on the program again. We'll go through what's coming up here on the ticket in a moment. But don't forget, pregame tonight for Arkansas State football against Coastal Carolina is at 4.30. 6.30 is your kickoff after the game. Wolf Howls, your chance to sound off. So we look forward to talking to you again then. In the meantime, keep it here. The setup with Cade and Andrew is next. Uh, I don't know if they're doing an abbreviated drive today, to be honest with you or not, but I guess you'll find out at 3 o'clock. Have it here in the morning for the Front Row with Budrow at 7. RWRC Radio comes your way at 10, and then tomorrow we'll be here to recap it. Good, bad, or ugly at noon. Kate and I will be for more of the Workday Red Zone. So keep it here. Thanks to everybody who called in, chatted, talked with us today. Cannot wait to talk with everybody tomorrow. Have a great, great day.